the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This week, as we celebrate the birth of Christ, we do so looking at a variety of passages. We've spent the first half of the week in Romans chapter 9. Today, we turn our attention to Matthew chapter 1. Join us. Our teacher and pastor, Gary Wagner, is simply entitled today's broadcast, The Christmas Creed. We're in Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. It is Matthew's account of the birth of Christ and how it came about between Joseph and Mary. It's an exciting look at just exactly what God has done that we might find hope and everlasting life in him. Join us, won't you? From Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose... And online at reformedheritage.org, here's Pastor Gary and today's Abounding Grace. The Christmas Creed or the Gospel of Christmas. Now I know no one wants to open presents, Christmas presents, and instead of ribbon, there's barbed wire. I know no one wants to open a present that smells like rotten eggs and rotten fish all jumbled up together. I know everyone likes the sweet ribbons and bows. But you see, here is a present that explains better than anything else our own coldness at times against the gospel. It explains more than anything else how the gold has become dim in mainline denominations throughout our land, and that is because we have forgotten how wretched and sinful we are. We forgot that the soul that sins shall die. We undoubtedly know these words, but we don't seem to have taken them to heart. We forget that every sin deserves the wrath and curse of God. And yet how comfortably we make peace with our sins, thinking that, well, as long as it doesn't hurt anyone else, after all, it's only hurting me and I can live with it. We forget God hates sin. God is holy and he is of pure eyes and cannot behold iniquity. And each one of you, so you don't stand before God condemned and judged on the last day and possibly miserable in this life now, you need to hold up that mirror of your sins before your eyes. It may be private rebellion. It may be heart lusts. It doesn't do any good to hide our heart leprosies from the Lord and to pretend that we are anything other than sinners saved by the grace of God and the mercy of God in Jesus Christ. So the entire background of this passage, the reason our Savior was conceived by the Holy Ghost, the reason he was born of the Virgin Mary, 
The reason God with us, Emmanuel, is because you and I can do nothing to save ourselves. Nothing. We can't even do anything, it seems like, to save our country. How in the world can we save our immortal souls? Of course, we can't. How in the world can we come to Christ without Christ first coming to us? We are stubbornly unable to please God. We are persistent in our rebellion. Now, God created us upright, but our hearts sought out many inventions. And every heart in this room has sought out its own invention. For some, it is pride. For others, it is just the desire to be liked. Some of us are addicted to sex and pornographies, and others are addicted to an angry, ugly tongue. Others have a controlling spirit. I mean, beloved, just fill in the blank. The Bible is so brutally honest about who we really are in ourselves and in our sins. It doesn't whitewash it. It says, listen, even to Christians, confess your faults one to another. Pray for one another. Don't hide them because the more we hide them, the more we hide from ourselves and lie to ourselves and the further our heart gets from the gospel. And yet this glorious gospel that should warm us and make this a happy day, a blessed day, a joyous week, all because of what God has done for us in his son. Now, there are three things I want to bring out from this passage of Scripture. First of all, in the fullness of time, our Lord Jesus Christ was conceived by the Holy Ghost. Well, why is that important? Well, our Savior had to be fully God. Now, these are things that don't get talked about a lot at Christmas or hardly any time anymore, even in Protestant churches. It used to be one of those truths every Protestant understood. Why did our Savior, why did our Redeemer, why did our Mediator, the one who makes peace between God and us, have to be fully God? Well, he had to have on his heart fully the interest of offended justice and liberal rich mercy. No mere man can have that. Our Savior had to be fully God in order to support the human nature that he assumed to himself under the weight of the wrath and judgment of God against sin and sinners. He had to be fully God. So he had to be conceived by the Holy Ghost to give worth to his obedience and his humiliation. You have to understand. It's easy to roll off our tongues. Jesus died on a cross. But remembering the gospel is when you read of the Savior who obeyed God perfectly, who said, I delight to do thy will, O God. Remember, he didn't need to do that for himself. He did that for us. And he, the Son of God, humbled himself so that he could obey in our flesh. And that obedience, what gives it so much worth, his sufferings and death on the cross, what gives his blood such worth is that this was God's son. 
you remember what God said when Jesus was baptized? A voice came from heaven and the father said, this is my beloved son. Everything he's about to go through, the temptations, the humiliations, the sufferings, being rejected by men. Remember, he said, he came unto his own and his own received him not. Everything he is about to go through, he does it all for you and me. Remember who this is. Remember why we esteem what he has done so much. And how he humbled himself. God said he is my son. This is my eternal son. Therefore, everyone in here needs to understand fully the incarnation. What we celebrate tomorrow. The incarnation was by addition, not by subtraction. You need to remember that. The incarnation was by addition, not by subtraction. The Son of God, eternally one with the Father in power and in glory, did not cease being anything He was before. He is the Father's delight, rejoicing always before Him, Proverbs 8. And in the fullness of time, He took to Himself a full, complete, real and true flesh and blood, human nature, and forever after those two natures, The divine nature and the human nature make up one person without conversion, without composition, and without confusion. God did not turn into man. Man and God weren't blended together to become something new. The two natures didn't jumble up in some way. Each nature retained what is appropriate to itself, but together they make up one person. And I say all of that, beloved, not to give you a theological exercise, but to remind you who it was who died on that cross. Who was it that obeyed God? For some of us, our consciences continue to struggle with sin. We wonder, am I really saved? Well, again, remember who did this. Remember who died on the cross. It was the Son of God incarnate, our mediator. And that's what gives such worth to his sacrifice so that whoever of you looks to him, God will forgive you. God will cleanse you. God will receive you because he said, this is my son. In the parallel passage in Luke, Gabriel told Mary, That holy thing which shall be born in you will be called the Son of God. Don't ever forget that, Mary. You're going to see him grow up. You're going to nurse him. You're going to see him skin his knee. He will have to grow in wisdom and favor. But don't forget who he is. He is the Son of God, eternally one with the Father in glory and in power. You can read from our catechism the answer to the question... Why did our mediator have to be fully God? But don't forget this. When you're contemplating sinning, you teenage boys, when you think of dishonoring your parents and doing what you want to do or living a secret life, or you teenage girls, when you're flattered by the additions or the attentions of the opposite sex, and you're thinking, my heart is now just so complete. 
Don't forget this gospel that we hold on to, this gospel that we're hearing about right now. Because the things that Jesus did for us that we know so well, we really need to take them to heart. One of its chief glories is that it was the Son of God incarnate who took upon himself the full responsibility for our salvation. If you would turn to Philippians chapter 2. Now, usually this passage is emphasized, and rightly so, for its human side. But don't forget the divine side of it as well. Philippians 2, 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God. Now, that doesn't mean he just appeared to be God, morphos in Greek which means everything God was, he was. Who being in the form of God did not think equality with God something to be grasped after or thought it not a robbery to be equal with God. You see, he didn't have to try and be equal with God. He is God. But made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. You know, it's not enough to be sentimental about the cross. It's not enough to really love those passion narratives. What gives them the the dynamic power to change our lives is to remember who it was who humbled himself for us. It was the Son of God who needed nothing, whose nature does not change, who is one with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and he would have been perfectly content they would have been perfectly content to fellowship together without you and me for all eternity. You see, they don't need us. But God created us and wants us to know His pleasure and His fellowship and to be fulfilled in Him. And the Savior took upon Himself our redemption to make that possible. Remember also that if He is going to obtain our deliverance from sin's curse and penalty... He has to be able to go into the most holy place and offer a worthy sacrifice in obedience on our behalf. No man can do that. Our Redeemer had to be conceived by the Holy Ghost. He had to be fully God. He also, back in Matthew 1, had to be fully man. And that's why the emphasis here is from the angel to Mary. She will bring forth a son. She will conceive. Now, all of this is done, verse 22, that it might be fulfilled what was spoken by the prophet. And that reference is to Isaiah seven fourteen. Behold, a virgin shall be with child. But why go through all this? Behold, a virgin shall be with child. I mean, is this like Greek mythology where gods copulate with people? No, this is an emphasis on the power of Almighty God. Why? Because nothing pure comes out of impure man. God does this. Salvation is all of God, all of His power. But notice, Jesus will have a real human nature. Why did our Redeemer... Why did our mediator have to be fully man? Well, he had to share our nature. 
that's why it was the Son who was incarnate, not the Father and not the Spirit, of course, because by being incarnate, the Son raises us up to be sons and daughters of God. And he had to groan under misery. And he had to drink the cup of sufferings. He had to sympathize with us. Remember, one of the common things that is said in the gospel is that he bore our infirmities. He bore our diseases. We see him in the tomb of Lazarus, and he is weeping. He knows that he's about to raise Lazarus. But as he sees Mary and Martha weeping, and he thinks about the wages of sin is death, he says, wait a minute, I didn't create dirt to bury man in it. And his heart breaks for he sympathizes with us in every way. He also had to learn obedience. That's another reason he had to be fully man. Listen carefully now. Because I want to be sure you can unwrap this gift as fully as I am capable of presenting it to you. God will demand for your entrance into heaven perfect obedience. You have got to be able to offer God perfect obedience. No spot on it, no hole in it, no glaring oversight. You say, well, that's impossible. We can't possibly do that. And we say it as if it's God's fault that we can't do it. We lost the ability to obey God. It is our fault because we rebelled against Him. So the Son of God took upon himself our flesh, and he determined to obey perfectly, to resist temptation to the utmost, and he faced temptations, beloved, that you and I can never imagine, at least in terms of their intensity, because he never gave in. Some of us have talked how the longer you resist a temptation, the more forceful it can become. Well, our Lord drained temptation to its end, and he obeyed his Father. He had to learn that obedience in our flesh so that he could be a merciful and a faithful high priest for us. So do you have that obedience? Because God is going to expect it from you. I mean, it's not like God snaps his finger and forgives our sins and you stand before God and he says, ah, shucks, go on in. You're such a nice guy. No, our God is holy. He is righteous in all of his ways and you better have a perfect obedience. So you can't. So you fly to Christ. And then you better hold fast to him because he always did those things that pleased his father. <coughs> Remember what he told the Pharisees when he challenged them. Which one of you can convict me of one sin and not one could? And because of that, he was our perfect substitute. And of course, he has to be the burnt offering. It's amazing, you know, how people will ask, well, why is it that he was able to save us from our sin? And, and we say he died on the cross. And we say it as if it's some martyr's death or a hero's, hero's death like in the movies. It wasn't anything of the kind. The very reason that the Son of God took upon himself our flesh 
And God prepared him a body and the Holy Spirit who brooded over the face of the waters and brought life to the created order did the same thing to Mary's womb and brought the new creation into existence with our mediator. And he did this so that his body could be tortured and brutalized and beaten and pierced and struck down because of our sins. And I know this is pretty heavy beloved on a Christmas Eve and I'm sorry but there's something you need to understand about the Christian faith you don't get the joy unless you go through the valley we must face the truth about ourselves when we read in Isaiah 53 these words understand first that this is I this is after Isaiah has already said behold a virgin an unmarried marriageable Sexually mature but sexually pure young girl will conceive. Then he tells us what this son will do. Verse 5 of Isaiah Isaiah 53. He was wounded for our transgressions. By the way, put your name there. For Gary's transgressions. Do you understand why all of this emphasis in the Bible is on the holiness of Christians? So much of the content of Paul's letters is on encouraging Christians to continue to get to know the Lord and to pursue holiness because we don't want to take back up that knife that slew him. How could we? Can you imagine if you're walking down the railroad tracks and Your friend sees a train coming and you don't, and he pushes you out of the way, but he loses his legs. And he saves your life, and every time you see him thereafter, you go up and spit in his face instead of embracing him. When we should be going to him and embracing him and loving him and doing everything we can to serve him, not out of guilt, but out of love. And so must be our relationship with Christ. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. Now that is legal language. In other words, the price that was required for us to have peace with God and God to be at peace with us, the satisfaction of God's justice was laid upon Jesus. How beloved then. Can we spit on him by knowingly sinning instead of constantly striving to please him out of gratitude? By the way, it isn't so sad that it isn't it so sad that people in hell right now understand these things a little bit better than many people who hear them preached in our churches. They can very well feel them so acutely we better make sure we're in the right category shouldn't we the chastisement of our peace God's peace with us and our peace with him was laid upon Christ by his stripes we are healed of our sins we are not healed by pretending we are better than we are we're not healed by hiding we are healed think about it by stripes Again, many people never made it to the Roman cross.
because they died before they got there because of this whipping that Christ went through. You know the cat of nine tails, which by the fourth, fifth, or sixth blow was pulling hunks of flesh off their backs, and many people had their vital organs ripped out just from this whipping. But our Lord here, he survived that. But how in the world could my sins require such a thing? I mean, I've done some things. I've said some bad things about others, and I've had some bad thoughts, and I've been self-centered, and I've certainly done some bad things when I was younger that I'm very embarrassed about. But it requires that for me to have peace with God. I mean, this is why there should be no pride in the Christian church, my friends. There should be no class distinction and no elitism and, and no thought of. No one else comes up to my standards, whatever it may be. It, it can't be that way. Because we can't forget whack by His stripes. I am healed. Well, that's all the time we have today. This has been Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner from Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose. If you'd like to review today's broadcast, we would invite you to contact us for a copy of the program. They're available for just $5. Mention today's date and we'll send a CD your way. Here's where to write to us. PMB number 402, 1484 Pollard Road. That's in Los Gatos, California. The zip code is 95032. Again, that's PMB number 402, 1484 Pollard Road. Los Gatos, California, 95032 is that address. Our phone number, if you'd rather call, 408-866-5607. That's 408-866-5607. Our website is reformedheritage.org, and if you'd like to join us for worship, Sunday services are at 2 p.m. We meet at the Lone Hill Church on 5055 Lone Hill Road in Los Gatos. Directions at our website, reformedheritage.org, or again, call 408-866-5607. Thank you for joining us today. We look forward to seeing you next time we get together as we continue our studies in God's Word. Until then, may Christ be your abounding grace. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.